This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick, co-host of Ravens postgame show on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan and beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens for the same station. All right, so we allowed this loss to to sink in, right? Mm -hmm. I think Sundays are for emotions, and then Mondays and Tuesdays are for coming to terms with it, right, and being more logical about what happened. Um, So Sunday we were allowed to kind of be in our feelings a little bit uh, because – Man, that was that was one of the biggest collapses I've seen in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we're able to kind of process things a little bit. So let's start with offense. Um, Lamar Jackson, man, like we talked about this numerous times before Cordell that we felt like coming into the season, Lamar was going to be every week that he played is going to be a contract negotiation, um, at least by fans and media. And at two weeks in, he's absolutely stepped up to the plate and um, heard the challenge and he's accepted it. And he's been playing at a high level and uh i'm really excited to see how he ends the season because as of right now he has six passing touchdowns seven total uh touchdowns and he's playing like an mvp i know we've talked about what this team wanted to do in 2019 and this that and the third but um they don't have the the proper components at this point to do that but the one thing that they do have that could potentially get them back on track is number eight and so far he has played as good as you know you can ask for no doubt about it I mean he's been fantastic through the first two games uh you know like you said he's got seven total touchdowns on the year already one interception that happened in garbage time uh against the Jets 
Right. Other than that, Lamar's been fantastic. He's been the best player on the field. Um, he's been the guy to pretty much do everything for this offense from being the quarterback and, you know, throwing the ball really all over the field and and now being the leading rusher. And it, Lamar being the leading rusher isn't out of the norm. This is something that he's done before, but he usually has a little more help than he's gotten so far this year. He's gotten yeah. little to no help uh, in the running department this year so far. That's the one thing that concerns me. Uh, but right now, Lamar is looking like Superman. And it's I've always found it ironic in the past where everybody kind of gets on the, oh, well, Lamar's trying to do too much and Lamar's trying to be Superman on every play. And you look around and it's like, well, how can he not? You know, yeah. it's, it, he's forced to kind of do that. I mean, what he's doing in the passing game is pretty much what you expect any quarterback to do. I'm not discrediting that. But in the run game, his running should be a bonus. It should not be all you have. Yeah. And right now, it's literally all they have. And you talk about all of his games being a contract negotiation. That's literally what it is right now. And the number's done nothing but go up. It's done nothing but go up. I don't know if how, if you're the Ravens, how you can sit there and be comfortable in this situation where you've got a guy that you know is your future or you know should be the future of your franchise and you know it's expensive. I get it. It's expensive. It's crazy expensive. It's out of this world expensive now for to, to get an elite quarterback. But yeah. this is what you have. This is a yeah. good problem to have absolutely um and you're now in a situation to where you're you played games both sides have played games not just the Ravens but both sides and it looks like Lamar's going to be the benefit the beneficiary of this situation you you said you know coming into this season we both felt like Lamar was going to have a great year and he's showing it I mean he just it just looks so easy to him out there and you know, he's throwing dots. He's, I mean, and he's got some great playmakers around him. Rashad Bateman has definitely stepped up uh, to that number one receiver role and has helped and has been uber efficient too. Rashad Bateman hasn't had the crazy amount of targets so far this season, but he's done so much with the, you know, with the opportunities that he's been given to this point. And I, I think that's exactly what you want to have. You, the Ravens are, they're an efficient offense. They're not an offense that's going to go out there and, you know, have somebody be uh, the leading receiver in the league or anything like that. But you're you're talking about somebody who has two touchdowns off six catches, 167 yards. I mean, the, the dude does more with his opportunities than some of the other receivers that have been here uh, in the past. And I don't want to throw sticks and stones and, try to compare guys to others, but I couldn't help it as I watched Rashad Bateman take a slant all the way to the house for 75 yards, and I'm watching Marquise Brown later on that day in Arizona get a similar type of opportunity in overtime, and as soon as a defender is on his back, he falls down to the ground. He wants no parts of it. It's like it's a night and day difference. Um, So I, I think that, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say about Eric DaCosta and his draft picks. And rightfully so, because a lot of them have not worked out. I mean, that 2020 draft class is pretty much obsolete. I don't think any of those guys outside of maybe one or two are still on this team and and barely contributing. 
Um, so right now, I'm I'm looking at Lamar as a guy who is looking like an MVP candidate early in the year, and this is the way he looked last year as well, all the way up to you know that Dolphins game. Uh, but I, I still think Lamar's got a lot more to show. I think he's showing that he is, you know, one of the best passers in the league. He can get the ball there um, with the best of them. And he just has a rapport with guys like Andrews and to where, you know, he can eat through Andrews open a couple of times in that yeah. Dolphins game. Yeah. It was a couple of the sidearm throws that I'm not always crazy about with him because sometimes he gets lazy in his mechanics and it turns in to an inaccurate pass, yes. but he, you know, you could clearly tell he was in a groove on Sunday um, with some of the throws that he was making, the touchdown run, the 79-yard touchdown run. I mean, he literally did everything for that offense, and I don't think it's going to change as the year goes on. Look, my my advice to Lamar, and I even tweeted this to him, is to get paid, young hitter, get paid, okay? Yeah. Because right now, you are the offense. You make this offense go. In 2019, you made the offense go, but you also had a great running game to compliment you, to kind of take the slack off of you. Hey, you don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's it's up to you to elevate this offense. And you've already said, look, Rashad Bateman is, is, is fantastic, okay? Um, he's turning out to be what we expected him to be. Uh, so, you know, there is, is, is very much optimism in that. Um, and then obviously you still have Mark Andrews who, you know, we know that what that is, but, but Lamar, without Lamar, I would, I'm very concerned about what this offense looks oh, like. Extreme. I'm very, very concerned about what this offense looks like. Um, you know, 31 points, uh, you know, on Sunday and, and then what, 24 points um, in, in the previous game. And my thing is simply just, you know, this is the evolution of Lamar. We've seen him in every offseason do some work and, and try to get better. You and I both agreed that um, in training camp, you know, his back shoulder throws had gotten better. Lamar looked much comfortable. Now we're starting to see him more under center. Like the the, the evolution of Lamar is great to watch, um, particularly because he's doing things that people said that he couldn't do. And he's proving everybody wrong in doing yep. that. Um, so if there's anything that you can gain from what you saw on Sunday is that from an offensive perspective, Lamar has done nothing but get better. We were concerned about him putting on weight, saying that, oh, that was going to slow him down. Okay, well, uh, that touchdown showed you that's not a problem, okay? The man can still run if need be. And so um, I'm just ecstatic about – but I'm not surprised, Cordell. Right. Let me say that. I, I'm, I, I'm ecstatic about his growth, but I'm not surprised. He's always been a person – to try to get better. That's always been his work ethic, even in college. He's always been that way. So for him to continue to trend up, and then you see his uh, quarterback coach that he had worked with personally at the facility, which, you know, a lot of times that gets frowned upon sometimes by organizations, but the Ravens have been open to him being there. Um, says a lot in terms of how they, they view him wanting to, you know, develop and, and be a better passer. So, you know, Lamar, it, unfortunately for him, right, he's in uh, a league where everybody has appeared to be elevating their game. And then guys like Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. Right. But I don't see why if he if he played anything like he did on Sunday, 
consistently for the rest of the year, he has to be in an MVP conversation. Mm -hmm. There's no because they're going to win more games that they're going to, than they're going to lose. Right. They're not playing the right. Dolphins every week. The Dolphins have one of the fastest wide receiving growers in the entire NFL. They don't. They're not going to have that every week. So nine times out of ten, eight nine times out of ten. If they're putting up 31, 38 points, they're winning those football games. Yeah. So, you know, that's the part that is like he has to be in the conversation if he continues this trend of the, how he's played in the first two games. And, you know, talking to Lamar after the game, you know, I, I did ask him about just the fact of about the, the, the lack of running uh, game and everything with them not being able to put those guys away. And the way he the way he phrased it, and just how what I took from that, it just sounded like a guy that wants the ball in his hands at every opportunity, um, which I'm not upset about. I think Lamar wanted them to keep their foot on the gas, which I don't think they did in the second half. Uh, the running game not being there doesn't help, but I think Lamar wanted to keep throwing the ball, which they did, but I think he wanted to aggressively throw the ball. I think he wanted to have past plays that are schemed up to score not schemed up to just keep possession of the ball and you know just put together a drive I think Lamar wanted it to be as aggressive as they were in the first half and he wanted the ability to show that he can light up the scoreboard with any other team in the league um, he, it was clear that he was feeling it on Sunday and I, I think he just wanted to keep their foot on the Dolphins' neck, and they, they didn't do that ultimately. And the question has come about, can the Ravens be a pass-first offense? Can Does that bode well for Lamar? And in the past, everybody has sworn. Remember when Steve Young was talking and saying that he felt like the Ravens were holding Lamar back and they wanted he wanted them to kind of allow him to show what he could be as a passer. And everybody was kind of like, you know, I don't know if Lamar can handle that. I don't know if that's the best offense for Lamar if it's a pass-first offense. And I think Lamar is looking like he may agree with Steve Young, like, hey, I can be this – I can run any offense you want. Right. People forget he ran a pro-style offense in college. Right. Like, th this dude, can, he, he is a football player. He's not a one-trick pony. He is one of the – I think when you have something that's so new – and so rare, people are hesitant to believe it. And also, we are in a society where it's got to be one or the other. Yep. You can't have it both, both ways. And I think it's tough for people to grasp the fact that Lamar might just be as good a passer as he is a runner. I think it's, it's extremely tough for people to mentally accept that. Um, but he's clearly trying to show them that. And I want to know if the Ravens are going – right now you, you almost have to be a pass-first offense if you're the Ravens because you're literally getting nothing from the run game. You're going backwards, backwards. in the run game. Backwards. It's, 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 it's doing you a disservice. And I'm as much for trying to establish the run as anybody, but you you can't you, you can't go out there and – continue to call plays that are taking you off schedule. You can't go out there and continue to give the ball to Mike Davis, who's doing nothing but going backwards. You know, Lamar, I, I saw a couple of times after some of these run plays where Lamar's just like looking over to the sideline, like, man, what, how long are we going to do this? 
you know, how long are we just basically going to forfeit downs? Because that's what it turned out to be in some of the uh, running situations. So, you know, I, I think I think that Lamar is definitely still primed for a big-time season. He's got some big-time games coming up uh, just within the next couple of games, but as the season goes on. So I, I, I do expect him to continue his uh, MVP run this year. And look, Lamar, look, we get he's a quarterback, so I don't expect him to want anything less than to have the ball in his hands at all times. Um, you do need a little bit of balance, okay? Like you can't just throw the ball 60 times a game. You have to run the ball. You try you have to try. And I get that, okay, it's not working, so we gotta do something different. Well, then do something different, like give the ball to the fullback that you just gave a lot of money to. In, in fourth right. and, and short right. situations to keep the drives alive. I'm fine with it if you want to keep passing the ball down the field. But in fourth and short situations, yes, I mean, look, I would have changed some things differently. And and, and, and if we knew the run game wasn't going to work, do something different. But I would have started with Pat Ricard. But then if Pat Ricard didn't work, I would have gave it to Lamar Jackson. So he's not wrong. But I like the mentality, Cordell. I like the fact that Lamar says, give me the ball. He said, this ain't the old, look, this is the new NFL. This is the new Ravens. This is different stuff over here. And that means that, you know, we're not running the ball the way that we used to. Historically, the Ravens have been a running football team. Well, guess what? You can't do that right now. But you do have a quarterback that can put you in a position to win football games with his arm as well as his legs, if need be. So use that guy to do everything that you can to win football games. I'm I'm not mad at Lamar saying that at all. And I actually love it. I love that he's, oh, he's yeah. like, put, he, he like, go ahead and put the team on my back, coach. I'm ready. I'm ready for that responsibility. And it's probably something he's been ready for. But now, you know, with the contract situation, he's like, mm-hmm. I need that right now. Right. He's so, got to be able to show that. I mean, as if it was, should be any doubts right now. I mean, the, the offense has been driven by Lamar since he's been given the keys to the team. So if they haven't figured it out by now, shame on them. But, yeah, definitely now with him being in a contract year and everything surrounding that, uh, I, I think he wants to open the full arsenal of what he's capable of out there. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, guys, if you are enjoying the Winning Drive podcast, have you hit the subscribe button? If not, what are you doing? Hit that subscribe button and make sure that you are getting all of the new episodes of Winning Drive podcast as soon as they hit your favorite podcast places. Spotify, Apple, whatever it was. What's the other one? There's so many. Odyssey. All Odyssey. Definitely it is on Odyssey <laughs> as well. Wherever you get your podcast, you can find us. Okay. Let, so we look, 
the great thing about this team is Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. Um, the bad thing about this team, and, and we're specifically talking about what happened in this past weekend's game, is once again the pass defense. The Ravens um, have always been a team that said that secondary is very important to them and to make sure that they have guys you know, that can be able to be available. So a lot of things happened in Sunday's game. You don't have Kyle Fuller already for the season. You didn't have Brandon Stevens, um, who didn't start um, because of injury. You had Marcus Peters coming back for the first time in limited action from his injury. You had Marlon Humphrey coming in with a groin injury. Um, So you didn't have 100% health in that regard. Uh, And, you know, at first, it worked. When Mike McDonald moved out of a, a base defense with two cornerbacks and two safeties and started playing dime coverage, it did work. Eventually, it fell apart at the seams. Yeah. And while people have blamed Mike McDonald, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that the call that he made was the right call, particularly because of the guys in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. You have to play it the way that you did. Um, eventually they just did not get it together. And so the pass defense struggled. Um, John Harbaugh was asked about this defense, particularly because of the injuries to Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and, and having youth come in as a result. And this is what he had to say. I did not expect those things to happen in this game. I also understand that we got some young guys back there. You know, we're throwing, we're throwing guys who are out there for the first time. An NFL game against some fast players, you know, and things are moving fast and the game's on the line. That can happen. I think those young guys are going to learn fast. The same thing goes in the red zone. You know, you got to stay with your man when you're in man coverage and you can't be staring at the quarterback and let your guy separate from you. And that's basic fundamental stuff that we work on all the time. Easier said than done, but got to be done. So we'll work on those things. And, uh, you know, we don't, we're not blaming anybody. We just got to keep working and get better at that stuff. Okay, so obviously that he's acknowledging that, you know, look, you didn't have the veterans out there. I think that people keep – I've seen people on Twitter talk about, oh, the defense is this and Marlon Humphrey that. Uh, Marlon Humphrey wasn't there, I don't think, for any of the four uh, touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I don't think he played on the field in that regard because obviously he was dealing with a groin injury, so he was having limited action himself. So there was a lot of youth out there that was playing uh, because they didn't have their guys in Humphrey. And Peters was there. But, again, Peters is a guy that that's his first game back coming off of a major knee injury. So you have you have Pepe Williams out there. You have Kyle Hamilton out there. Uh, and so uh, Jalen Armour Davis is out there. Mm-hmm. Lots of youth out there. Lots of time to miscommunicate, which it looks like that's what they did. And as a result, they paid big time due to their lack of experience. Yeah. And I mean, for starters, I definitely want to just give props because I, even though he got hurt uh, later on in the game, I thought Pepe Williams played fantastic. Um, He had two pass breakups. He had three tackles in the game. Every opera, I think for the most part, more, the most, the more opportunities he got to be involved in the play, he stepped up. I, I've, I've been, I've, I've liked Pepe Williams since they brought him to Baltimore, and I thought he'd get a lot of opportunities this past week with all the injuries in the secondary. He did, and he definitely stepped up. He got late, he got hurt late in the game, uh, but for the most part, I thought Pepe was fantastic. Even Jalen Armour Davis, I thought he was okay for the most part. Um, had a couple of moments where I thought he was a little hesitant to get into the play, 
or to react to what he was saying. But for the most part, I thought he played pretty good. Kyle Hamilton, he had a couple of nice tackles early, but obviously the miscommunications on the back end can't happen. That miss, that last touchdown to Tyreek Hill, a lot of people are going to blame uh, Kyle Hamilton, and it sounds like Harbs was putting it on Kyle Hamilton to a degree as well. Uh, and when you look at the play, both Jalen Armour Davis and Marcus Williams are both talking to Kyle Hamilton after the play. So I, I think it's fair to say he did something wrong. The alignment, I mean, he's lined up on the complete opposite side of the field. So, number one, it's on coaching for me. And that specific on that specific play, that's on coaching. If you know you're in cover two and you see that the safety that's supposed to be helping the corner on the far side of the field is not over there, instead he's on the opposite side of the field, and inside the box, you call a obviously, timeout? yeah, call a timeout. Yeah. You, you, you cannot, because what is the alternative? You know, you know your corner is playing the flats. You know that. He's not going to carry him. So it's either give up the touchdown or call a timeout. Yeah. And it's clear they chose to call the time. They, they chose to go and give up the touchdown because I just don't – I think that was negligent right there. To be honest with you, I thought that was so poor on the coaching staff as a whole to allow that type of that type of formation to happen, allow guys to be misaligned at that point in the game. Of course Tyreek Hill is going to go deep. Of course right. he is. Right. There's nobody there. <laughs> I'm calling that every time too, like, Cordell. Well, Anytime yeah. I see – him look like he's in single coverage there's no way I'm not calling a long pass right, and, and, right. And, and I think because I was one of those people let me be clear I believe that they did not respect the deep ball of Tua oh, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of Tua's deep ball but guess what he create he made me be one after Sunday yep. he does have it in him okay and then oh. you make it much easier you know, mm-hmm. when when you don't cover a guy like Tyreek Hill, he's wide open just running down the field. He's probably still running down Pratt Street right yep. now. Who knows? Uncovered. I, I told everybody had so much to say about Tua and his arm, and they act like if you're not, you know, don't have the strongest arm in the league, you're not a great quarterback. I, if you don't, if you didn't respect Tua, you do now. Um, it, it's clear the dude can ball. Uh, you can't just go into what all the people, all the people on Twitter say, and what some of the national people say about some of these guys. They're not really watching. They're really just giving, trying to give a hot take, say something cool, say something funny. But in reality, these guys still got to go on the field. They still got to play the game for sixty minutes. And the Ravens didn't do that. They yeah. let their guard down, and Tua and these guys came out there and completely carved them up in the second half. I'm with you. I don't. I'm not knocking McDonald for some of the calls that he made. You can't go man against these guys, especially with you having a banged up secondary. Your top two corners are either hurt or coming back from injury. So you couldn't go out there and they can't run with these dudes anyway, even if they were healthy. So you can't go out there and just call a lot of man coverage. You have to play zone. Your zones just have to be tighter. And in reality, Tua made some fantastic throws. Absolutely. Some some passes in the second window, in the second window of the zone that's going right over the linebackers' hands, right over their heads. The touchdown he threw to Mike Jacecki in the back of the end zone. Nobody even jumped. 
because he put the ball up so high on the ladder that only Mike Jacecki could get it. There were a couple of times, even just in the midst of their drives, where he's throwing a, over the middle, right over Patrick Queen, right over Josh Bynes or whoever was in there at linebacker at the time or playing at the second level. He was just feeling it. And a part of that is because he had all day to throw the ball. There was no type of pass rush outside of the one drive that Justin Houston pretty much destroyed. Other than that, the Ravens got zero pressure on to an all game. Uh, he was able to sit back there and get comfortable, dissect the defense whenever yep. he wanted to. Uh, you had guys running wide open. The Ravens just made it too easy for them in the second half. I thought that they just got in a prevent-style defense and like, okay, let's keep everything in front of us. But, A, you couldn't even do that. You were still allowing guys to get behind you. And even when they did catch it in front of them, you have, you have problems tackling in the open field. Two things you can't have happen against the Dolphins. Now, going up against New England is not the same type of offense, but it's going to be different. Now, you're going to have to be able to stop the run this week. You're going to be able, you're going to have to consistently stop the run because this is right. a team that's going to run the ball, whether it's working or not. They're going to keep running the ball, and you have to be on your toes for yeah. the play action because they've got some speed out there at receiver and guys like Nelson Aguilar that can make plays. And if you saw the Patriots game this past week, you saw Nelson Aguilar was out there balling. So yeah. you can't sleep against these guys. Uh, it may not be as uh, versatile of a, of, a, of a offense as the Dolphins had with as much speed as they have, but this is more of a brute style offense that you're going to play against with the Patriots. You're going to have to show up ready to hit somebody uh, because if not, they're going to run all over you. I completely agree. Um, and look, you know, again, the Miami uh, offense in terms of their wide receiving personnel is very unique because they're super fast. They're super elusive. And I don't think that, you know, other teams can say that they have that. But um, so that helps them in a sense. But also we have to figure out who's healthy. <laughs> right. Once again, Cordell, we're in a situation where we don't know who's 100 percent healthy. And that's going to impact how they play um, next week. And I know we've talked about the past defense, uh, but obviously I think we it is very fair to say that they have a pass rush problem, a big one. And um, losing Stephen Means and losing John Ross, I think they're down, what, to two linebackers? Is, is it two linebackers that they're down? Well, and they also let go of uh, Kyler Fackrell uh, yes. uh, on Monday as well. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's very safe to say that this is this is problematic for them. Yes, they can stop the run, but agree, I agree with you. It's it's been inconsistent. Um, and look, Sunday's game might be an anomaly. It could have been just because they were tired. It could have been that the Dolphins was just wearing them down defensively because on the second half they spent a lot the of time. The defense was on the field, field a lot. Yeah. Yep, right. So it's very possible that that's the case. But, um, you know, I would think that they could rebound from from – what happened last week because they don't have, they're not going to be dealing with the same personnel from a past defense perspective um, right. this week. So uh, let's hope and pray that yeah. they can get some type of health in the backfield to help the guys up front and, and, and they can move along good. But yeah, that was, that was very, very hard to watch in terms of past defense, particularly in the fourth quarter on Sunday. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we can overreact on what happened, but just make sure that you are subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so Cordell and I can give you all the new scoop on the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so this is week two. We've been here before. In 2019, the Ravens were two and two before they went on their run of winning 12 straight games, okay? And the last uh, loss that they had was an embarrassing effort uh, against the Cleveland Browns at that point. They made some roster changes, and then the rest is history. We know how for, we know how 2019 went, 14-2. I remember that they overreacted back then, Cordell, at 2-2. Mm-hmm. Two two. Oh, my God. The, the, the sky is falling. We're terrible. What's going to happen? And then what happened? They went on a, 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 a historic run. Are we overreacting? in terms of how we view this team only two weeks into the NFL season? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, this Dolphins game was such a big-time loss, more so the way that they lost. I wouldn't even say it's because of the team that they lost to. I think it's because of how they lost, because we're not used to seeing the Ravens give away games. We're not used to seeing the Ravens blow two separate 21-point leads throughout the course of the game. We're used to seeing a Ravens team that when they're up on a team big, run the ball and dominate time of possession and pretty much take a team's heart away, pretty much, you know, uh, take all the fight away and make it so that teams are just basically ready to throw in a towel and get out of the stadium because they've run the ball so well, they've dominated the time of possession and defense is locking up. And you didn't see that on Sunday against the Dolphins. You saw the complete opposite. You saw a offense in the Ravens that could not possess the ball long enough to keep the Dolphins off the field. You saw an offense that could not run the ball well enough to possess the ball. Um, you saw a defense that could not stop the run or the pass. They couldn't stop anything. It was to the point to where the defense was allowing touchdowns like, if you know, a rapid fire pace. Um, it's, it's not what you're used to seeing. So I get the overreactions, but at the same time, this is a team that should have won Sunday. They played well enough to win at least on one side of the ball. Absolutely. Uh, and on the defensive side of the ball, you, that fourth quarter is really what did them in. I thought that they were pretty good for the most part of the game outside of some of the third quarter, as well as the fourth quarter. Um, I don't think that that's that's going to be the Ravens every week. I don't think that this is – at what point – this is the first time maybe even in Lamar's career to where Lamar has lost a game by when he's up by 21 and yeah. has ended up losing. I don't think Lamar's ever had that happen to him in his career. Lamar is one of the more most winningest quarterbacks in NFL history to yep. this point. You know, so I don't think that there's reason to overreact. I get being salty about that game because it was terrible, downright terrible. Um, But looking at the big picture here, you're looking at a Ravens team that looks like 
they can score with the best of them. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at a team that might have yet again an MVP candidate on it. Yep. You're looking at a team that, you know, I think once this secondary gets healthy and once these guys, you know, it takes it takes longer for defenses to get into a groove than it does offenses. Yep. I always say the start of the NFL season is going to be ugly if you're if you're looking at the defense because guys are struggling to tackle. Guys are struggling to cover. Guys are having miscommunications. Yep. It's early in the season. Um, but I think as the year goes on, I don't think that the Ravens team, the, the, the bad spots that we saw from the Ravens on Sunday, I don't think that those are going to be as recurring as we're making it out to be. Now, the run game is a big-time issue. The run game genuinely concerns me. I don't know if the run game will ever be back to what we're used to seeing. And that's even with J.K. Dobbins on the field because I don't know what J.K. Dobbins is going to give you. I will say, again, I think having just somebody of J.K. Dobbins' talent level in the backfield will help. This, This offensive line is getting no type of push in the run game. Ronnie will help in that regard as well. And maybe a switch at the left guard spot will also help, and maybe Tyler Linderbaum muscling up a little more will, will go a long way as well. Uh, but you saw – you see – and granted, it's easier for quarterbacks to run than it is for running backs. The quarterback design runs are always probably – they're usually going to pop more than running back design plays. Um, but Lamar is able to do what he does because he's special. And I think J.K. Dobbins – I don't know if he's as special as Lamar – but I do think J.K. Dobbins is a, a special-esque type of running back. Um, yeah. And I think he can do more with the little that he's going to get from the offensive line than some of these other running backs will. I think J.K. Dobbins will be able to make more of a little crease than a Kenyon Drake or one of those other guys uh, can do. Um, so I, I, I think that going forward, I'm not going to panic about the Ravens uh, right now. And I don't think that anybody, I don't think that the Ravens are feeling sorry for themselves because they can't, you know, they go to new England this week, next week, they've got the bills coming to town who just look incredible to this point so far. And then right after that, they've got the Bengals coming to town who, yeah, they're Owen two, but you never know. It's a division. It's a division series and the Bengals still on paper are still one of the better teams. Uh, in the league and in the division. So, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to have time to really dwell on this loss against the Dolphins. But I also don't think some of the bad parts, the really bad parts that we saw in the Dolphins game are going to be as recurring as, as people are making it out to be. They better don't. Yes, I'm using uh, Ebonics here. They better don't <laughs> in terms of uh, dwelling on what happened. You better move on because – you know, okay, the Patriots aren't an offensive jogger not, but you, the next two teams are, and you got to move forward. You got to let it go. Figure out what you did wrong, fix it, move forward. Um, I think that it's fair to say that there's some concern. Uh, you know, you can't you can't have a meltdown like that, especially mm-hmm. at home. You can't right, have a meltdown. Right. You are up twenty eight to seven going into the half. You cannot have a meltdown like that, and and that's. A lot of things that need to be fixed. I agree with you um, when you talked about it in a previous segment about coaching. Like, you got to call timeouts when you see guys not in position and things. But but here's the thing. 
I would much rather us have this conversation now in week two than have this conversation in week 12. Right. So, you know, I think that it's one thing to say, I'm concerned moving forward. What I saw is not ideal at all. You don't win football games that way, playing the way that you play, being out of position, looking confused, not understanding what's going on, not being able to get short yardage situations. It is very concerning. However, there's a lot of time to be able to fix these things. And you have situations where you expect guys to be coming back. You expect Ron, uh, Ronnie Stanley to eventually come back at left tackle, which could potentially mean that the left guard position can be fixed too because you might move Makari over to left guard. You might add Falele to left guard. I don't know. But you might, you might find a way to fix your offensive line so you can get better push there to get better situations. You may get a J.K. Dobbins back eventually that will allow your run game to be more efficient in that regard. Um, you will get a situation where, you know, Tyus Bowser, you know, we talked about only being, you know, having two linebackers. Hopefully Tyus Bowser can eventually find his way back on the field. So there's some optimism that there are guys that, that absolutely can help bolster up the issues that the Ravens are dealing with right now and will make their way back to the field. But um, overreacting is a very safe thing to say that it, it's understandable because of the way that they lost. Right. If they were in a shootout and the rate and it was back and forth, I think we would be, it would be like, okay, well, the defense just didn't hold up there into the bargain. Okay, let's move on. 28 points in the fourth quarter, Cordell, is absolutely going to be everybody overreacting, and yeah. understandably so, because how do you let that happen? How did, you know, like I said, it's one thing if it was like boom, boom, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Wasn't such thing. It literally mm -hmm. was the Ravens were non-existent on offense in the fourth quarter, and the Dolphins balled out in the fourth quarter. And that is always a no-no. Um, is there time to figure it out? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you mentioned Kyle Hamilton, although he blew two touchdowns. Let's be clear. He right. did have some good moments. He did. Um, he was, look, we have complained about this young man not being able to tackle. Well, he was hitting yeah. on, you know, on Sunday. So, you know, as inconsistent as his play is, you did see some good things from him. And he's going to have to learn, you know, how to, to communicate with his, his secondary brothers better and learn how to be in better position. That's going to be a part of the process. Unfortunately for the Ravens, it cost them the game. But ultimately, I think eventually he'll get it, right? But, you know, I, I think because all these things happened in week two, your overreactions can't be but so long. Because it's not like the season right now is on the line. You know, it sucks that it was an AFC opponent. Absolutely. That that really hurts. Because when it comes down to it, if the Dolphins and the Ravens are in some type of heated um, battle in terms of a wild card spot. Yeah. Dolphins, Dolphins got the tiebreaker. You yep. know, they have the advantage. So, so, yes, it's concerning. And overreacting in terms of this game is completely understandable. But to overreact and say that this is going to be the way that this team is going to look for the rest of the year, I think is not ideal. I, I just don't – I think that you have to believe in this coaching staff to, to make sure that they get things right. And Mike McDonald, I, I believe that he will figure out a way to get his guys in better positions moving forward. And, you know, 
the coaching is a big part of it because when you lose a game the way that the Ravens did on Sunday, you have to look at the coach. And I know you doing the post game show had got a lot of calls about wanting Harbs out or wanting McDonald fired already after week two, or, you know, people blaming Greg Roman. And it's, it's a lot of blame to go around. Somebody's got to take the blame. And I think it's enough for all of these guys to get their fair share amount. Um, but I'm not to the point to where I'm like, you got to fire, fire hearts and go where? Where's the upgrade? Where, where are you upgrading over John Harbaugh? Right That's now? what I would like to know. So you everybody know? wants to fire Harbs. Look, why? Okay, why Why are we firing Harbs? Because, listen, he, he – a lot of this stuff that happened on Sunday, hey, man, look, John Harbaugh ain't really the one that you – I get it. He's the head coach. I understand. He's the, he's the, the main guy and everybody – And it's on him, him to – it's also on him to have his guys ready to come out for for the second half with the same type of intensity that Fair. they came out in the first half. He definitely deserves some some blame criticism. in Look, that regard. For sure. I'm not saying that he is not that he doesn't deserve criticism because he right. does. Right? I'm simply saying that every week every coach deserve probably in a loss deserves some criticism. Of course. That's what of course. Do you want Nathaniel Hackett? Do you want the guy that doesn't right. trust your quarterback <laughs> and trying right. to kick a 65-yard field goal? Is that what you want? Okay, who exactly do you think is going to replace John Harbaugh? Who exactly do you think is going to replace Greg Roman? Because, again, in two weeks, Greg Roman has done, for, for the most part, a very good calling offensively. I don't even have a problem with the fourth and short yardage situation. I just have the problem with the personnel that was used. I simply – I don't have a problem with going for it. I don't have a problem with even trying to run it. I'm just right. saying that you got to give it to Pat Ricard because the other guys ain't going to get it. They're not going to do it. Outside of that, Harbaugh is still this head coach, and rightfully so. Greg Roman is still this offensive coordinator, rightfully so. I know that y'all hate that, but that's just what it is. And Mike McDonald has only done his second game as a defensive coordinator right. and actually has made some right calls in doing so. And we can criticize Mike McDonald too for saying, Hey, this guy is not where he's supposed to be. I need to call. I need to burn the time out here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, look, it, he had a McDonald and his defense had one great game and one terrible game. Yep. You know, just last week, everybody was singing his praises. And now this week, everybody's like, where's Wink? You know, so yep. it's it's a week to week league. You can't get too high. You can't get too low because yep. things change on a week to week basis. Um, I, I, again, I'm not against saying that this coaching staff needs to be held accountable because they do. You lose a game like that. You blow a 21 point lead in the second half. Yes, you deserve blame as a coach. Um, a lot of the things that happen on, out there, it seemed like. For real, to me, it seemed like the coaches allowed the. They saw the Ravens out there just basically free falling. They saw the game being snatched away from them right yep. from under their noses, and they didn't do anything about it. Yep. They stood there and watched it happen. Yep. I didn't see any major adjustments. It's like we're going to keep doing the same thing that we've been doing, and even though it's not working, we're not going to change it up. That's on the offensive side to not getting back into being aggressive. Uh, and letting Lamar try to put more points on the board. And that's also on the defensive side, sitting in the same type of coverages, not getting any type of pressure on the quarterback and allowing him to basically carve you up on his way to throwing six touchdowns 
in that game. It's inexcusable. As good as the Dolphins, as good as I think that the Dolphins are this year, I don't think that that's a game that you are supposed to lose when you have multiple 21-point leads in that game. I completely agree. You blew it. You blew it. And I hope that that's a lesson learned here. You blew it. Don't take the foot off the gas. Don't get cute. Don't get, you know, don't get comfortable. You can never get comfortable in the National Football League. Anybody is susceptible to come back and beat you under any circumstances. We ain't learned that, you know, since the the the, the playoff game in the Houston Oilers. Well, I mean, I'm trying to understand, like, we've, we have seen this from the beginning of time. You are no different. And, I, and look, again, you're at home. You're up by three scores. You got comfortable. You got cute. Well, guess what? You lost. And and that's that's a big thing. And, again, the overreaction for now is acceptable and understandable. The overreaction for the season in terms of how you thinking that this is going to be um, how the season goes, I think is a little bit too far. I think that that's fair to say that that's, that's – we, we are way too early to know if that's how this season is going right. to go. Right. And there's way too many guys that can potentially come back and impact this football team on both sides of the ball for us to make those types of decisions. That's basically all I'm saying. Ditto. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. Of course, we will be back on Friday. New England Patriots. Moving All right, on. Well, we'll be talking about them, what to expect from them from an offensive perspective and a defense perspective, and we will give you our picks. Thank you so much for listening.